welcome back to the Self-Care Keto Podcast. I'm your coach, Jess, bringing you a magical experience to help you release the weight from your body and soul. As 2022 is winding down, it's supposed to be the most magical time of the year, but sometimes it can feel anything but magical. Extra expenses, extra events, extra stress, extra grief for the people we've lost, extra food and sugar everywhere, extra emotional eating. I can help. This is what I care so much about, helping you have the real self-care of designing a life that you don't need to numb out from. So I decided I wanted to feel and share the magic of generosity and make some of my normally paid resources completely free until the end of 2022. My self-care keto holiday guide, normally priced at $19, is completely free. It'll help you design a holiday that you love because it's your holiday too. You don't have to resign yourself to stress, exhaustion, deprivation, discomfort, and shame this holiday season. Go get your free download at bit.ly slash self-care keto holiday. I also usually offer a different mindset class each month priced at $22, but this month it's completely free and it's a class on how to reduce your emotional eating by meeting the real unmet needs you have where food is just playing a substitute. You can get that class at bit.ly slash meeting my own needs. The links for both are in the show notes. On the podcast, we're doing an emotional eating series, all about how to reduce our emotional eating by addressing our unmet needs and unset boundaries. I'm sharing some previously recorded Instagram lives on this topic, so you might hear some dated references or notice me engaging with someone in the chat. This content is so transformative, and I know you're going to love it. So listen in, and I'll see you on the other side. I am so excited to kick off this emotional eating series with this very first episode that I've had in the can for quite a while to bring to you guys. This is something that I discuss with my clients all the time because I do tell my clients and prospective clients that, you know, I help women lose weight with a keto diet and a self-care mindset. So coaches and therapists, of course, we're very heavy on mindset work. So accessing your thoughts and changing your thoughts in order to change your behavior. More than that, more than just changing your thoughts, what lies below your thoughts is changing your beliefs. That's where your thoughts generate out of. And so changing your beliefs in order to change your behavior is definitely primarily what I'm working with my clients on. But there are times when mindset work just doesn't work. And I'm sure that you can relate if you've ever felt, uh, if you've ever binged, Um, struggled with binge eating or even just emotional eating that where you sense this loss of control and you are trying to talk to yourself, trying to work your way through it and it's just not working. And so, you know, you could have all the affirmations in the world. You could have all of the journal prompts in the world. And sometimes it just doesn't do diddly squat when you are in that um, activated nervous system state. You know, I, I call it feeling buzzy. Um, when you just are feeling like that compulsive feeling in your brain, like I need to eat, I need to eat, I need to eat. And you're, you're in an activated nervous system state when that happens. And you're not going to be able to do any kind of mindset magic with yourself when your body is amped up like that. So if you're a parent or a teacher or you've dealt with little kids, right, um, you've experienced seeing a kid just having like a total meltdown. Like they're just crying, they're losing their shit, <laughs> they cannot be reasoned with, right? Um, and so in that moment, they are just totally in their body. 
And, you know, they, they are in their, in their brain as well, but we have different parts of our brain. And so the lower part of our brain, our brain stem is, um, you know, theorized if you believe in evolution that, you know, this is the part of the brain that existed before, um, the higher level thinking parts of our brain evolved. And so the brain stem, or in other words, the reptilian brain, um, has, uh, basically one priority and that is survival. Right. And so, of course, our, 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 um, survival is always our priority. But when we get into this activated nervous system state where we actually feel threatened, we are in our sympathetic nervous system state. There's two states. Um, actually, there's, there's more than two states, but we'll primarily focus on these two states, the, the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. So the sympathetic is what you've heard as the fight or flight response. You are activated. You are stressed. You are, um, just kind of having your own version of a meltdown and you're feeling compulsive, you're feeling that need, I need to eat, I need to binge, whatever it might be. Um, I just need to veg out with some food. Um, And so you're in that activated state. It could be from stress. It could be from an intense emotion. Um, it could just be from you're feeling triggered and you're not even um, consciously making sense of it, but something has triggered you. In other words, something in your environment has um, triggered an old familiar response, maybe a past trauma that has never really been fully healed. And so in a, no matter how you slice it, you're in an activated nervous system state and your body wants to switch states. Your body wants to calm down and get back into the parasympathetic nervous system state. This is otherwise known as our rest and digest state. And so really, we cannot access mindset work if we are in that activated nervous system state. We are in our reptilian brain. We're not in our higher level thinking, frontal lobe, um, executive decision-making part of our brain, the part of us that can access, you know, being rational and like actually using our thoughts and like, do I really need this? How am I really feeling right now? Is that thought really true? All of those things that like I try to work on with my clients, it literally feels inaccessible. The same way that when you're dealing with your child who's having a meltdown, you can't just be sitting there like trying to explain to them, I know, you know, we can't get this toy right now because blah, 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 like whatever it might be. They're just losing their shit. And what they really need more than anything is to help you co-regulate with them to get their body back into a parasympathetic state, back into a calm down state. That's not the teachable moment when your kid is having a meltdown, <laughs> especially in the store in front of everybody. That's so embarrassing, right? And we're trying to be calm. We're trying to rationalize with the kid. And rationalization doesn't work. The only thing that will work is helping them to get their body to calm down so that they can get back into a calm down state and be able to access the higher level thinking part of their brain and be able to hear the teachable moment that you're giving to them. And that might not be until five, 10 minutes later. It might be an hour later, whatever it, whatever it takes. But more than anything, what your child needs from you in that moment is you help them co-regulate, practice some deep breathing. And this is amazing. I can't believe my daughter's school is so cool. She's, she's in first grade and they have this, um, they have this stuff that they're teaching her in school. They actually have a a little station and it's called the reset station. And if you're just having a hard moment and you need to go reset yourself and it's like totally blocked off. So they got some walls put up and my daughter told me all about it. She's so excited. And she's like, and mom, there's tools. They're not toys, mom. They're tools. (laughs) 
<laughs> and so she's telling me about the tools. I'm like, what do you do? And she's telling me about like five finger breathing or rainbow breathing. It's so cute. They like have them, you know, draw a rainbow and then trace their finger over the different colors of the rainbow. And they're just taking a deep breath in and a deep breath out with the five finger breathing. They're like tracing, um, they're going up one, up the thumb and down the other side of the thumb, up the index finger, down the other side of the index finger. And every time you go up, you breathe in. And every time you go down, you breathe out. I just think this is so cool that they're teaching this stuff to kids in schools now, how to regulate your emotions and regulate your body. God, if I had only known this stuff much sooner, right? And so, yes, I've already been reinforcing this with her since the time she was probably like, you know, one. But I'm so excited that schools um, are starting to work on this stuff as well. And we know so much more than what we used to know. And so in the past, you know, if you're sitting in school and you're having a meltdown, your teacher just basically, you know, tells you to knock it off or threatens you with fear and force and, you know, punishment and all those things. And it's just different now. And I'm so glad. Um, And that's what we try to do with ourselves, right? Because that's the childhood environment that we grew up in. And so when we're freaking out and losing our shit, we just start talking to ourselves in such a mean way. And we're like, get control of yourself. You're losing it. What's wrong with you? whatever. And what we really need is some of that emotional regulation techniques regulating back into our bodies so that we can actually access um, a place where mindset work can work, where we actually can think through our thoughts and try to choose helpful thoughts and helpful beliefs and things like that. So typically um, coaches and therapists, you know, a lot of them are using more body-based techniques now. It's called somatic techniques. But traditionally, and for the most part, this is still how it is, um, it's more of a top-down approach. So starting with your brain, working down into your body um, versus a bottom-up approach, which is starting with your body to work up into your mind or up into your brain or your thoughts. And so if you regulate your mind, you might regulate your body, But if you regulate your body, you definitely will regulate your mind. And that is what we're starting to learn more and more through research. And I'm so glad that things are starting to change. Maybe this might be the first time that you're even hearing something like this today. And you're like, oh my God. Okay. Interesting. This makes a lot of sense. Um, I see what I've been doing to myself this whole time. Yeah. Give it to me. I want to try it. I'll I'll try a bottom-up approach. Just tell me what to do. Right, so we're going to get into some of those things. Somatic techniques is what they're called. And basically, the purpose of these techniques is to help re-regulate your body into, again, a calm down nervous system state. In other words, the parasympathetic state, the rest and digest state. And then once you are regulated, your nervous system is regulated, then you can start to do mindset work with yourself. So... Um, over the next several weeks, over the next six weeks after after this week, we're going to be going through an emotional eating series. And next week, I'm going to be sharing some mindset questions to actually help you with emotional eating. But once again, they can only be done in a calm state in order for you to access your wisdom. So we're going to be talking about emotional eating, mindset work. We're going to be talking about setting boundaries. It's a lot of mindset work. But I thought I have to start off this series by talking about when mindset work doesn't work and talking about some body-based techniques to help you to reset yourself so that all of this mindset work will actually be helpful for you. So without further ado, here's a list of somatic techniques that will actually help you to switch nervous system states. So these somatic techniques are heavily based in what's called vagus nerve stimulation. So what is the vagus nerve? The vagus nerve is a nerve that runs from your brain stem all the way down to the base of your spine. 
And this nerve is one of the largest nerves in the body. And it, its job is to help you switch states, right? Um, whether, whether you're in the activated fight or flight state or you're in the parasympathetic rest and digest state. And so some of these techniques, they're body-based techniques, they stimulate the vagus nerve in order to help you switch nervous system states. So here we go. Somatic technique number one is eating. (laughs) You're like, yeah, no shit. That's what I always do, right? Tell me the other ones. But first, I wanted to start off by actually talking about this one as being a really valid technique. And so to try to remove any kind of stigma from it or any kind of moral judgment from it, um, you have been using this technique because it actually works. It helps you switch nervous system states. Think about what we nickname the parasympathetic. We call it the rest and digest state. So your body knows that if you eat, you will switch over into a digestion state and that will help you to calm down. More than that, we've been associating food with comfort since the time we came out of the womb, right? So babies, they don't just nurse um, for nutrition, they nurse for comfort. And so that has been hardwired into you And I want you to really think about that and give yourself some grace and give yourself some compassion. When we're growing up and we're going um, through um, chaotic situations and, you know, trauma, whether it's with a capital T trauma or a lowercase t trauma, trauma is not what happened to you. It's It's how your nervous system perceived it. Too much, too soon, too fast, basically, is it can be... Anything that is too much, too soon, too fast for you can be traumatic and your body stores that memory and your body resorts to coping mechanisms that are available to you uh, at, at whatever kind of environment you have. And so most of us, when we're growing up as kids, we don't have access to any of these other coping mechanisms that I'm going to tell you about because no one ever taught us, right? Um, and eating, we just start to... we. Again, we've paired this together, neurons that fire together, wire together. Neurons are the uh, messaging system of your brain and your body. So it's sending electrical impulses through your your brain and your body through the cells that are called neurons. And so when these neurons fire together, meaning, oh, eating, I'm getting the sensation of eating, all of the things happening in your stomach through digestion and everything. So these are neurons firing and and your brain you're receiving pleasure chemicals and you're switching into a calm down state. And so your body hardwires that association and it becomes unconscious. It becomes compulsive, right? And so next time you're feeling that way, if you're feeling the trigger to eat, please just have some grace and some compassion for yourself. And also realize that you can eat when you feel this way and it will help you to calm down. And it's okay to emotionally eat. Everybody emotionally eats from time to time. It has a spectrum of how maladaptive this is to your life. In other words, how harmful this is to you and to your goals and all of that. But everybody emotionally eats from time to time. And so the more you become aware of it and have self-compassion, and then also start adding to your toolkit here, I'm going to give you some other resources. Other things, I call it your self-soothing toolkit. So we're going to have other things that we're going to start to practice. But please know that whenever you get into that activated state, you go into your reptilian brain. You go into survival mode. And you're not going to choose a brand new resource 
to try out. You're not going to be like, you know what? Let me try this like weird little vagus nerve stimulation that Jess was talking about on her podcast. (laughs) No, you're not going to do that because you're in tunnel vision and you want something that's going to work as fast as possible. And you're going to reach for the most familiar thing possible, which for you may be eating. Maybe for you, it's drinking. Maybe for you, it's pornography. Maybe for you, it's shopping. It could be anything that you have hardwired into your brain that helps you to switch those nervous system states. But I know for a lot of us, it is emotional eating. So with these practices that I'm going to share with you, make sure that you start practicing them when you don't need them. You just start trying them out. Be like, okay, let me try this thing. Um, That way it becomes familiar to you so that you actually have access to it for when you're going to need it because you're never going to pull an unfamiliar resource out of your self-soothing toolkit. So we're going to be expanding our self-soothing toolkit and over the next six weeks, I'm going to be teaching you how to practice more proactive self-care in the sense of what can I do preventatively, not reactively. So here, this, this episode here is like, how can I react differently when I get myself into this, into this state other than just eating? I can, I can choose different foods when I'm eating. Yes. Foods that bless my body instead of make me feel like garbage, but also can I have some things that help me self-soothe or switch nervous system states, um, other than just eating? And the answer is yes. So that is reactive self-soothing totally okay. We need to self-soothe when we're in a pain state. That part of us is trying to help us, trying to take care of us. It, it loves us, right? And so this is a good, very good part of you. There are no bad parts of you. Every part of you is good and trying to be helpful and trying to be protective. And so the part of you that says, let's eat when you're feeling activated is a very good part of you, right? And we're going to teach that part of you other resources. And again, You need to practice them so that they become familiar um, when you don't need them, just to try them out, right? Um, So that way they are familiar and they're like kind of cocked and ready (laughs) at your disposal when you absolutely need something. You can reach for something other than just eating. You're not going to be perfect at it. It's totally okay, but you're going to learn some of those things. And over the next six weeks after this episode, I'm going to be talking to you about proactive self-care. Interesting. I'm learning that I feel exhausted every day. I feel angry every day. I feel resentful every day. Whatever it happens to be, this is a pattern of this same negative emotion or stressed out state that I've gotten myself into. What can I do proactively to actually um, reduce the amount of time that I'm spending in this state? And that's you know exploring our unmet needs and it's exploring what boundaries we might need to set in our lives. And we're gonna be doing that over the next six weeks. So Somatic technique number one, in other words, the body-based technique that actually helps you switch nervous system states. Eating is true. It helps you to calm down because it triggers that vagus nerve stimulation. The vagus nerve goes from the base of your brain um, down the back of your spine. And so it crosses over your throat, right? And so literally chewing and eating and swallowing stimulates the vagus nerve, okay? So here are some other ideas. Number one, some breathing techniques. Basically, you can Google breath work, um, box breathing, but essentially any kind of breathing technique that makes your exhale longer than your inhale and using deep belly breathing, that's going to help you to switch nervous system states. When we are getting into a fight or flight state, our breathing becomes more shallow. And so it just kind of happens naturally. So you kind of like trick your nervous system into like switching back into a calm down state by practicing the actual deep breathing and making your exhale longer than your inhale signals to your body that you're safe, that it's okay to calm down. Another one is massaging your earlobes. 
and stroking down from your ear to your collarbone. So some different types of body massage can be really, really helpful. So massaging your earlobes and your collarbone, stroking down from your ear to your collarbone, um, again, it's stimulating the vagus nerve. Massaging your feet is also another way to stimulate the vagus nerve. So remember, it's not just um, you know touching areas that are primarily from the base of your brain all the way down to your um, the, the base of your spine, but remember all of your nerves are interconnected. And so massaging your feet, it's, it still sends signals back up to the vagus nerve. Screaming, singing, humming, gargling, chanting, laughing, all of these things stimulate your throat, right? At, at various you know, types of vibrations. And so if you can scream, go for it, right? If you can go in your car or scream into a pillow, like it's not just because it's an aggressive thing to do. Like it truly actually makes you feel better because it's stimulating the vagus nerve. Maybe you don't want to scare your kids, right? Singing can help just as well. So you feel so good if you take a drive, roll down the windows and you're just singing at the top of your lungs, right? So you can practice that, you know, turn on Alexa or turn on Google in the kitchen and, you know, pairing it with dancing helps even more. I'll get into that. Um, But singing can be really, really helpful. Humming, same thing. If you can't sing out loud, um, because you're at work or whatever it might be. Yeah, you mightn't be that annoying person <laughs> that just hums for a little bit, but you know, hum while you're doing the dishes in the kitchen, um, you know, hum while you're on the toilet, <laughs> whatever it takes. But humming can help too. Gargling, like actually just taking some water, putting it in the back of your throat, gargling it or whatever beverage you're drinking. Um, it doesn't have to be with salt water or anything specific, but gargling stimulates the vagus nerve. Chanting for those of you that are a little bit more woo woo and you want to try like a chanting meditation, like it actually, it's all doing the same thing and laughing too. So, putting on a funny movie, um, maybe listening to some stand up comedy on the radio or on a podcast or whatever it might be, watching your old favorite TV show or movie, laughing, you know, just being silly with your kids, laughing. It really, really helps to stimulate the vagus nerve and helps you to switch states. Here's another technique that I really love, and it's called tapping. Um, It's also known as emotional freedom technique or EFT tapping. And so you can look this up and there's actually a really cool app that I'd recommend. It's called the tapping solution. And what you're doing is you are actually applying pressure to different energy centers on your body, on your skin. So, or meridian points in Chinese medicine. So um, at the top of your head, right underneath your eyes, right above your forehead, um, above the collarbone, Um, on the outside of your thumb. So basically all of these are different energy centers in the body. Um, And I know that that might sound kind of woo woo, but there there is a intricate system of electronic signals and nerves going through your body at any given time. And there's there's, um, a stronger stronger accumulation of nerve bundles in certain parts of the body. And so what you're doing is you're just applying pressure to those um, locations, right? And it is actually providing the nerve stimulation that you need in order to switch nervous system states. So EFT, emotional freedom technique tapping, is a combination of pressing on those different energy centers or meridian points in the body while you are repeating um, affirmations that are helpful to you. So typically, you're recognizing whatever it is that has you activated. So um, even though you know I just yelled at my kids, I unconditionally love and accept myself. And so there's so many different guided 
um, tapping meditations that you can do through the tapping solution. It's a free app. And then you can also, if you like it, you can pay for the premium version and unlock a bunch more that are like way more specific instead of just generalized, but go check it out. It's totally free. I think you'll enjoy it. Um, so basically what's happening here with the tapping is yes, we're pressing on these different energy points in the body and stimulating the nerves. But also what we're doing is something called bilateral stimulation. And this is bilateral, meaning two sides of the brain. So you have two sides of the brain. And what you're doing is you're stimulating one side at a time. And you're getting the two sides of your brain to talk to each other. And you do have, you know, this part of your brain, it's, um, it divides the two centers of the brain. It's called the corpus callosum. And it does send nerve signals across, right? But a lot of times we kind of get stuck um, and it's not communicating as effectively. So bilateral stimulation helps the two sides of the brain to talk to each other more effectively. And this is helping, again, not in your reptilian brain, but in your higher level brain, the frontal lobe, the executive decision-making part of the brain. And it, again, it helps you to get into that calm down state and access that wisdom part of you, that, that rationality part of you. And so it kind of turns that back on for you through bilateral stimulation. So there are some other techniques that are, that, um, use bilateral stimulation that you might even have heard of before. And so one of them is EMDR, eye movement desensitization something. Um, can't remember what the R stands for. But this has um, been a proven technique that a lot of therapists have become certified in. And it it really reduces anxiety. It helps to reduce the symptoms of PTSD. And so the VA has actually approved it as a therapy to use with veterans who are struggling with PTSD. And essentially what it does is it is bilateral stimulation with light. And so the therapist who's trained in EMDR will use either a machine or just has an understanding of how to pulse light um, on different on one side of your body and then the other side of your body and so on and so forth in a pattern. And what it's doing is it's causing that same bilateral stimulation. And when you're using that technique and get yourself into that kind of calm down rhythmic state where both sides of the brain are talking to each other, a lot of times they'll revisit a painful memory and it kind of reprocesses the memory um, and just helps you to kind of release the strong emotion from that memory so that you can reconsolidate that memory in a way that is less painful and helps to reduce the symptoms um, and reduce the, the ability for you to get triggered from that memory. And so even while some of us might not um, feel that intense need, uh, like you might not be diagnosed with PTSD or anything like that, we all carry our own form of trauma and we all have um, you know, childhood memories that oftentimes get triggered. Like when your kid is having a meltdown, it's probably triggering something in you um, from your childhood, maybe the way that your parents treated you or the way that you felt as a kid or whatever it might be. And so it's not just about the situation itself. Your body is reacting to any kind of familiar pattern that is associated with that particular trigger. And so emotional freedom technique is releasing um, the, the stored emotions in the body at the same time that you're pressing on these different nerve centers. And it's actually very effective. It's so fascinating because um, they've done actual psychological studies where they measure cortisol, which is your body's stress hormone, and it can be measured through the saliva. And so they take the participants and they measure their cortisol through their saliva before a tapping session and then after a tapping session. And on average, cortisol reduces by 25% after a tapping session. 
So literally, it is reducing the stress in your body. So you might want to check this out, tapping emotional freedom technique. Um, Another um, similar thing for the bilateral stimulation, it's called binaural beats. And so that's B-I-N-A-U-R-A-L, binaural beats. And so essentially the bi stands for two, and then the aura is more referring to sound. So this is essentially stimulating the different sides of the brain through um, sound stimulation. And so you can type binaural beats into like Spotify or wherever you listen to music, and it'll bring up different soundscapes that, you know, you'll hear it in one side of your headphones and then the other side and the other side and the other side. And so binaural beats, you know, you could play that um, in, a, in an effort to calm down as well. And, you know, pair the binaural beats together with some of the other things like the humming or the um, chanting or whatever, a massage or whatever it is. So you can pair these things and layer them over one another. All right. So another technique that you can do um, is splashing cold water on your face um, or, um, you know, also starting to practice just cold water at the end of a shower. So if you're in a really activated state and, you know, if you can jump in the shower, do it, take a cold shower. Like it literally will help you to switch nervous system states. But if you can't jump in the shower, um, you know, turn on the cold water on the faucet and just splash your face with cold water. And we see this in movies and stuff like that all the time, right? Like when a girl is like freaking out, she's crying, she's trying to get a hold of herself. And then you see the bathroom scene where she's splashing cold water on her face and then staring up in the mirror and the mascara streaming from her face or whatever. But literally splashing your face with water does help you to calm down and this is fascinating. It's actually called the mammalian diving reflex. And so, you know, we are mammals, right? But for our mammals that actually go into the water and dive, like, I don't know, porpoises or (laughs) dolphins or whales or whatever, um, when they are going after their prey or they're trying to get away um, from being hunted, right? So it actually enables your body to... um, to act in a way that is helpful for you. So it kind of helps you to get out of that fear stuck state and move into um, action that is helpful for taking care of yourself. So you definitely don't want to like get into a freeze a free state, but a lot of times we feel that way. Um, and so the mammalian diving reflex, it just kind of is something that even helps us as humans. So you can try that, especially if you're like feeling really, really like buzzy and you're like, I, I need to binge, I need to binge, I need to binge, go splash your face with cold water. It really can be something that is just like shocking to the system and helps you to switch nervous system states. Okay. You can also do some yoga. And so you don't have to be a yogi or really good at yoga in order to do this. Um, but you can Google some of these. You can do cat cow spine stretch. Um, and you can also move your pelvis in figure eights. And once again, this is just some vagus nerve stimulation. It can really help. Walking outside, um, grounding by touching your skin to grass, trees, leaves, all of these things. Um, your body has an electrical charge to it and the earth has a different electrical charge. And so when you touch your body to the electrical charge of the earth, it actually balances out the electrical charge in your body. And once again, it's just stimulating your nerves, Um, but it's a really cool, very effective way to help you calm down. Um, Walking outside, you're also getting, you know, sunlight in your eyes. And one thing that you can do is when you're outside, look out over the horizon and relax your vision into like a peripheral vision. See how much how can, how much can you relax your eyes and take in as much information through your peripheral vision as possible. So this is why we tend to associate 
great feelings of calm and peace and relaxation with watching the sunset or watching the sunrise, especially over the mountains or over the ocean. And that's because the peripheral vision is helping us to be in that relaxed state. So what's the opposite of peripheral vision? Tunnel vision, right? And tunnel vision we're all familiar with, like we kind of hear it just in the common vernacular, but you know, we get tunnel vision when we go into that fight or flight. Um, when you're, when you're feeling in danger, your eyes just tunnel in or laser focus in on whatever is the threat in front of you. And, you know, if, if you're walking down the street at night and you see a shadowy figure coming towards you, you're, you're not going to hear the owl off in the tree going, whoo, whoo, you know, like you're going to block that out. You're going to block out anything that is irrelevant to you at that moment. And so purposefully relaxing your eyes, again, it's like this bottom up approach. So you're starting with your body and then it's impacting your brain. So give that a try. Another thing, this is one of my favorites. It is um, shaking your body. So you can do this with just dancing, you know, just being silly with your kids. If you guys are all having a hard day, you know, once again, turn on the music, start screaming at the top of your lungs, start dancing in the kitchen, but you don't actually have to do dancing. I often do this, like just if I'm out on a walk and there's nobody around and I'm trying to shake something off of me, sometimes I'll do it when I'm in the shower. Um, Like sometimes you just are... Have a you wake up feeling anxious, right? Like, or you're replaying something that happened last night or something that happened last afternoon, and you just are replaying that over and over again in your head. Like, oh, I wish I handled that differently. That was so embarrassing. Um, I wonder if they're upset with me, whatever it might be, right? So I will use just shaking my body. And literally, I'll just like kind of just <laughs> shake like um like the Peanuts characters and Charlie Brown, right? They'll just like start shaking and jumping all around. Um, or even if you just do it with just your face, like, um, you know, like it's just kind of funny, like in the cartoons where like some guy hits their head or whatever, and then they're trying to shake it off and they just shake their face really fast and they go, you know, like it reminds me of like Kevin from Home Alone. Like, and so I'll just do that once in a while. And just, especially even the noise that just came out of my throat, like, so that's vagus nerve stimulation. So if you're just kind of like grunting or, you know, whatever, like letting out a noise at the same time as you're shaking your face and shaking your body. Um, so it's, once again, that's layering of techniques for the vagus nerve stimulation. So this is actually called therapeutic neurogenic tremoring. And this is a real thing that happens in nature all of the time, but we don't do it as humans. So let's just say that you are an antelope and you are being chased by a um, a bunch of lions, lionesses, okay? And so you escape from the lionesses and now you're okay. And you will start shaking as that, as that antelope or whatever kind of mammal or prey is being hunted. You will just start involuntarily shaking. And this is your body releasing the trauma, the trauma response from your body. But a lot of times, you know, especially in our, you know, Western culture, very productive, very busy, we don't make time for stuff like this. And it just seems really, really weird. But this is a very natural process that we suppress. So this is interesting because this may have happened to you involuntarily if you ever went through something that was truly traumatic for your body, um, <clears throat> like getting into a car accident, or um, here's the one that a lot more people might be able to, re- to be able to relate to, but it's childbirth, okay? So that's probably one of the most traumatic things that happens to your body. And 
the most beautiful trauma that you can experience because you get your your beautiful baby on the other side, but it is trauma nonetheless to your body. And so I don't know if this happened to any of you guys. It happened to me. And I was so grateful that my birth coaches, I learned about this in my birth coaching classes before going through it. Um, but they were like, yep, after you give birth, your whole body is going to start shaking and it's completely normal. You don't need to worry about it. Um, and you know, this oftentimes does happen too. Like, let's just say that you just threw up, right? And a lot of times you think that it is, um, you know, that you basically have the chills, but it might be also therapeutic neurogenic tremoring. Your body is reacting to the, the little trauma that just happened of you <laughs> having, you know, dry heaves or, you know, throwing up. It's just awful, right? Throwing up is awful. And so your body is recovering from that intensity through the therapeutic neurogenic tremoring. It's a way that your body kind of comes back down into a calm down state. Um, So yeah, that happened to me after childbirth and I knew what it was and I was okay with it. Um, Maybe that happened to you too, but it just goes to show that it's a very natural, normal response. And while um, we have learned to suppress it, we can induce it through this bottom-up approach. So intentionally shaking your body can really help. And again, this is so helpful if you feel like you need to binge. Um, so just these are some ways that you can interrupt a binge. So again, you know, try splashing that cold water in your face. Try shaking your body. Like Those are things that are really accessible in the moment. Okay. And then the last category here is um, socializing with loved ones, uh, a 10-second hug, snuggling with a pet, having sex. So these are things that release oxytocin in your body. So that is our bonding hormone. Um, and that's the hormone that, you know, surges through your body after you give birth, um, to bond with your child and while you're breastfeeding. Um, and you know, it happens through any of these other things, like I mentioned, you know, socializing with loved ones, a nice long hug, a nice long kiss, sex, um, snuggling with, it, it can even be a pet or even a teddy bear, right? Um, but it releases oxytocin. And so this is actually the master hormone of your body, meaning it's the one that down-regulates every other hormone in your body. And so what oxytocin does is it down-regulates your stress cortisol, uh, your stress hormone cortisol. And so that's a really fantastic approach that you can try. So I know I've given you guys a ton of information here and you can Google some of these terms if you forgot what they are. So you can Google vagus nerve stimulation, that's V-A-G-U-S. You can Google emotional freedom technique. You can Google bilateral stimulation, um, mammalian diving reflex, and therapeutic neurogenic tremoring. I know some of you guys are a lot more um, nerdier than others, and I'm a total nerd, so I love researching all of these things. And so for those of you that want to like go look this up and be like, is this scientifically proven? <laughs> like, yes, it really is. They've studied this for decades, and it's really pretty cool. Um, for some of you guys, you're like, I don't care. Just I'll try it. <laughs> sure, I'll splash my face with water. I'll shake my body. I'll try these things. So I have my clients try these, and they have found them to be very helpful, very effective. And again, remember to start practicing them before you need them. Because once again, when you get into that activated nervous system state, you're not going to reach for something that you've never tried before. You're going to be in tunnel vision. You're going to be reaching for the most familiar thing. So the goal here is to make some of these more familiar to you so that you'll be more likely to reach for them when you need it. Okay. Um, you can also try writing sticky notes to yourself somewhere, you know, whatever it might be. Like if you want to put a sticky note on your fridge, um, yeah, whatever works for you. So I want to give you guys a couple more resources before we wrap up this episode. So there is a fantastic episode of the Mel Robbins podcast. It's a pretty new podcast. I love her. It just came out. 
Um, so you're not that far behind if you want to go subscribe and start listening. But episode four of the Mel Robbins podcast is called The Truth About Anxiety with neuroscientist Dr. Russell Kennedy. And this is such a great episode for explaining what's happening with anxiety. And I love that he actually uses a different word for anxiety as being alarm in your body. And it's really, really helpful. Um, And he shares some other techniques about how to actually find or try to locate the alarm in your body. Some of us, we feel it in different places. So some of us might feel anxiety or alarm um, in our gut, maybe in your chest, in your throat, in your jaw, some people in your neck and your shoulders. And so um, he recommends that you actually try to locate where it feels strongest in your body and then touch your body. Put your hand on your heart and put your hand on your back to regulate. And you can do this with your child too if they're having a meltdown. Put one hand on their heart and put the other hand on their back directly behind where where it's located on the heart and help them to breathe in and out. And that can really help to return a sense of safety to the body. Another great resource that I want to share with you guys is a book. It's called The Body Keeps the Score. And if you were kind of had your interest peaked when I was talking about how trauma gets stored in the body, that's a really good book. It's very heavy. Um, it's very informational. Um, you'll probably get through it in like, you know, 10 minute chunks and then you just kind of process it and process it. It takes a long time to get through it, but it is a fantastic book. I highly recommend it. And then if you're looking for somebody great to follow on social media, I love Dr. Nicole LaPera. She's the dot holistic dot psychologist. And she is the person who I learned most of this information from about vagus nerve stimulation. And she's got, um, her own podcast and she's got some books that are out. So she's just absolutely fantastic. And I really love her approach to understanding that mental health disorders are not actually disorders. They are very appropriate trauma responses or very appropriate responses to some of the the things that we've gone through in childhood. And it really helps to remove the stigma from a lot of the things that we struggle with and to she, she provides a lot of interesting, really helpful techniques. So she has like some Instagram reels where she actually shows you how to do some of this um, shaking of the body and different techniques where you could be lying on your yoga mat, like opening up your hips, um, doing different stretches, things like that. And so those are some great resources to follow up with. All right. So once again, today, um, we've been talking about when mindset work doesn't work, right? So we're talking about that bottom up approach, starting with your body to help you regulate and get back into your mind or accessing your wisdom. Um, so if you regulate your body, you definitely will regulate your mind. If you regulate your mind, you might regulate your body. Like how many of us have done like a journal prompt or whatever it might be. And yeah, we, we put ourselves through it, but we then go binge, you know, 10 minutes later because you didn't actually, you know, get the thing that you were looking for, which is the, the switching of the states in your body. The mindset work didn't actually help you to do that. Like you went through the motions, but it didn't actually achieve what you really, really needed, which was to switch nervous system states in your body. So give this a try and then stay tuned over the next six weeks. We are going to be talking a lot about mindset work, but once again, remember that you actually need to be in a calm state in order to access your wisdom in order for the mindset work to work. I hope you loved this episode. Remember to grab the free holiday guide and the free emotional eating class from the links in the show notes. If you're feeling generous too and would like to give to me too, you can give me a review of this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also give me a review on my Facebook page at facebook.com slash the keto fit. It only takes a moment of your time and you have no idea how much it means to me. 
I'm a words of affirmation love language person, and I absolutely treasure the words that you leave me. I do. I read them when I'm feeling low, and it is pure rocket fuel for me. The reviews also help me to grow and to help more women. Seriously, I have had clients tell me that they just knew that they had to work with me after reading reviews, so it's really an amazing gift to me. You can also give me a referral by telling others about my podcast and about my coaching. And if you want to give more, you can even send me a tip of any amount at paypal.me slash the keto fit. I also hope that you'll give yourself the gift of investing in yourself and your health journey by working with me as your coach. You can learn more about my coaching services at theketofit.com. I work with clients one-on-one and I help you transform your life in eight weeks. And I also have a self-coaching online course called the Self-Care Keto Mindset Masterclass. All the info, including my prices, are up on my website, and you can sign up for a completely free curiosity call. I would love to get to know you better and tell you more about how I could help you. If you're not yet following me on social media, make sure that you do. I'm on facebook.com slash theketofit, instagram.com slash theketofit, linkedin.com slash in slash theketofit. You can get encouragement and tips from me every single day. I also love engaging with you in my direct messages. And if you have a question, advice is always free. I'm cheering for you. I hope you have a fantastic week and I'll see you next week here on the pod.